So I'm just going to start off apologizing. I told you guys in Ramadan we are going to have a podcast three times a week. And yesterday I had my podcast already and I had a huge tech glitch. And so in the end, everything got delayed and I had to put it up a day later. So do want to apologize, be straight and honest about that and say sorry for that. But no worries. We're still here today and we're on a topic that is really, really big right now. And I don't know if everybody else knows it's big. So I want to tell you it's big because I get to hear you guys all in the background. I have women contact me constantly, all telling me, okay, I have these situations. Like I can't get rid of my bad habits. It's Ramadan. I want to be better. I want to be changing. I want to be connected with Allah, but I can't. And I got these habits. I can't motivate myself to do this. I can't stop myself from doing that. So let's get into it. Let's talk today about bad habits and how to squash those, the secret to getting rid of those for Ramadan. Let's go. Hello, Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to the Mindful Muslim Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Mindful Muslim, coming to you Monday, Wednesday, Friday. During Ramadan, we come three times. And alhamdulillah, talking about things that I don't see a lot of us talking out there like today. Like what's happening on the third day of Ramadan? How are you guys feeling? Third, fourth-ish day in. I notice this is where people start to go like, off. This is where people are like, ooh, the excitement the first day or two. I mean, it was kind of hard, but the first day or two, like in the third day, it's like, it's, I'm starting to feel it. And I see people like, like, you know, making their, they're kind of like wiggling in their chairs, but nobody wants to see it. And then like other people think that everyone else is having an amazing Ramadan and it's just them. But after talking to so many of you and like a lot of you guys, especially on Thrive, shout out to all the women who are in the challenges, shout out to our recent winners there, our recent winners for AB, our recent winners for Crescent Moon Bookstore. What I say is like, when I work with women, like they're always thinking that they're the ones who's not doing something and everyone else is in a better place than them. And that's just not true. And let me just tell you a little truth today. Yesterday, I had a really hard fast. I don't know why. I actually um, don't usually find fasting hard only because I've fasted since I was even just just really, 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 really young. Just It's just been a lifestyle thing, even with Islam. And so subhanAllah, but yesterday, I don't know why. It was really hard. I started to get really bad headaches. I started to feel really, really um, dizzy. Couldn't put my words together so well, <laughs> I'll be honest. And um, I was just having a rather hard day. So I did a trick. And actually, an imam that we had on the other day, he reminds me of it. So Jazakallah Um, And I just took like a little 30-minute power nap. I was feeling those hunger pangs and everything. And I took a little tea nap, like 30 minutes, woke back up and felt so much better. So I just want to remind everybody like, doesn't matter how high your iman is, how low your iman is. Everybody has good days and bad days. It doesn't matter, you know, like if you're having a bad day, it doesn't mean you're a bad Muslim. If you're having a difficult fasting day, it doesn't. But what it does mean is you need to hang on. You need somewhere to go and rejuvenate you, inspire you, support you. And that's why we're happy to be here and to make sure that during this whole Ramadan, you have us just chatting in your ear, telling you like, you can do it. You're just fine. Keep going. And that's what we, we just want to give that message today. Like you guys, this is just the beginning, the beginning of what can be an amazing transformation for you in Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept your ibadah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept all your fasting. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help you to come out of this Ramadan 10 times better than you entered it. Ameen rabbil alameen. So today we're going to help you do that by getting to those habits. Those bad habits might be in your way. Let's talk about them. Let's talk about the secret to getting them kind of under control. Inshallah bizn ta'ala.
And if you want to be featured on our podcast, please don't hesitate to share our content on your IG stories. I tag me. I always get known, uh, notified. And also like the sister did here, if you love this podcast and you're benefiting from it or you're just feeling like other sisters need to hear it, please do leave a review the way the sister did and give us a rating because it helps other women know this is a place they can come to get real help and information. So jazakumallahu khairan. All right, let's dive right into it today, which is all about habits. And you know, a habit is basically a behavior that has been repeated enough times to be automatic. Now, all of us know some basic habits like chewing our fingernails or maybe tapping on something or just, you know, there's so many, so many types of habits out there. But the thing is, these habits now have just been repeated. And so now they have become something that we do even basically without thinking. And why do our brains actually build those habits? And like I said, it's something that's repeated in the process of habit formation actually begins with trial and error, um, if you can understand. So whenever you encounter a new situation in life, your brain has to make a decision. How should I respond to this? Now, the first time you come across a problem, maybe you're not sure how to solve it. Um, but the more you interact with it, the more you're kind of forced to come up with some type of a response. And you learn to, to lock in on like the cues and predict success and tune out everything else as you as you keep responding to a particular situation in a certain way. So your brain tends to skip the process of trial and error and create this mental rule. If this, then that. And that's kind of what I want to focus on today. If this, then that. If I pick up my phone, if I see my phone's message notification, I pick up the phone and I do this. Like it's kind of so many unconscious things that we're doing, we're not even realizing. And so part of it, like I said in the last podcast on habits, is to become more conscious. I asked you or invited you to start making the change now in a very small way, but powerful way by just literally paying attention. Between now and Ramadan, what are the things that you're doing? Because when you get to Ramadan, as you guys know, I have a Ramadan recharge course where I'm going to help you to identify just maybe a couple things you want to change, no more than two or three. And I'm going to show you exactly how you could finally get results. But we can't do that if you haven't first kind of identified where your trip ups are. So I encourage you in these weeks to do that. Believe me, it will it'll be a blessing. Now, you might say, gosh, two or three, I have like 10 annoying things that I know I need to stop doing. That's okay. Actually, in the beginning of my course, right in the first module, I have you like list out the things and, and rate yourself in them. And then in the end, we only just pick three. Because you know what? We can't have a laundry list of things we want to change about ourselves. Think about it like this. Every Ramadan, what I usually do is I pick about two, three things I want to focus on. And then the other Ramadans, like each one, I'll 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 pick another one. So for example, if this Ramadan I want to focus more on my khushua, my concentration and salah, I think I'm getting distracted. Then this Ramadan, I'm going to focus on that. And my goal is to fix it in Ramadan and to also maintain it after Ramadan. So by the time I get to the next Ramadan, I still have that good habit. And now I pick a new thing to change. And then let's say I do that same process again where I'm going to change it and then I'm going to go through and hold it to the next Ramadan and then add, fix another thing. So as you can see, you're building and building and building. So by the time you get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the end of our life, hopefully we have like a staircase. We've just gone up the stairs and we've improved, 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 improved. Now, will you slide back sometimes? Yes. But the understanding is that by the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and my real desire to change, 
I can do a lot. And so we always approach it like that. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us, all of us to um, find our habits that we need to focus on and to actually really implement that change. So the thing I want to talk about is kind of how uh, habits work. So habits are broken into basically these four different things. And um, I told you before, um, a lot of the work that I talk about on habits is from um, the Quran and Sunnah. But if I told you, I always kind of merge the modern and then the Sunnah, but obviously it's also aligned. And a lot of it is the work from James Clear and Richard O'Connor, which is another PhD. And these are really, really great um, approaches that they have about habits and rewiring our mind. And I really, really appreciate their information. And you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that the best deed is the consistent deed. Now, why is it good? Because like I said, if you're doing it consistently, then you can do another one. It can build and build and build. And that is the road to self-improvement. So our goal here has to be not just to fix it in Ramadan, but to maintain it afterwards. Now, if that's something that you have struggled with for years, like, gosh, I try, but it's not working out. No problem. Because in um, the Ramadan recharge course that I have coming out, actually, um, April 15th, inshallah ta'ala, I'm going to show you the master plan and the way that I actually get things to finally work. So that's not an issue. And there's an actual approach. And so as you go through that approach, you're going to find that you're able to actually um, crossover hurdles that you haven't before because you might be missing some of the key elements in doing it. You can't just make a goal and say, I'm going to, I'm going to do this goal. Let me try to do it every day. There's too many things that distract us guys. There's too many things that stop us. So you have to focus on these other elements that I'm going to teach you all about and you'll get those in there. But for now, let's focus on at least just knowing what the four parts of a habit are so we can know how to break it. Right? So the first part is the cue. The second part is the craving. The third part is the response. And the fourth part is the reward. And I'm going to be giving you some very specific examples in a minute in life. And you're going to notice how these are definitely embedded in what you're doing every day, especially that you're home right now. Um, a lot of people are using their phone more than ever, the internet more than ever. They're eating and snacking more than ever. There's so many things we're doing that is unconsciously just like, not the best thing to do right now, but alhamdulillah, inshallah ta'ala, we're going to learn how to approach those, all right? So first, there's the cue. Now, the cue triggers your brain to initiate whatever behavior it is. It's basically just a bit of information that predicts a reward. And again, I'm going to tell you about that in a second. So we pay, we need to pay attention to these cues that signal um, rewards like water, food, um, intimacy, whatever these different rewards are, and your mind is continuously analyzing your internal and external environment for hints of reward. We're constantly just trying to do what's easy and fun and good for us and enjoyable. And that's good to a certain extent, but if the cue goes over the top and it's just searching, searching, searching all day, that's when we're super lazy. That's when we get nothing done. That's when we're procrastinating because that doesn't sound fun. So we just avoid, avoid, avoid. And if that's your issue, believe me, you are not alone. That's so many people's issues. Now, cravings are the second step and they're the motivational force. And that's a really, really pivotal point. Uh, so it's the it's the motivational force between every habit. And without some level of motivation or desire, we have no reason to act. So some people are lacking the craving. They're lacking the motivation. And so that's something you have to kind of inject. And like I said, that's something we could do and, and no worries. Um, but what you crave is not the habit itself, but the change in state that it delivers. For example, if you're a person that wants to lose weight, um, you're not, you might not want to eat salads because 
you like to eat salads. You might want to eat salads because you want to lose some weight. So what happens is you're more interested in what it can do for you than the actual thing itself. And that's totally normal. Now, the cravings can differ from person to person. And in theory, any piece of information could kind of trigger a craving. But in practice, people are not usually um, motivated by the same cues. Now, for example, like a gambler, the sound of slot machines can be a trigger that sparks desire. For someone who gambles all the time, that noise is like, woo, I know that noise. But for people who don't, these little chimes at a casino are basically just background noise and it's nothing interesting to them. Not that I'm encouraging gambling, guys. We're Muslims and we don't gamble. But you know what I mean? Like I'm just saying like what works for somebody and drives them is not the same as somebody else. Now the third step is, okay, so we said step one is, or part one, excuse me, is the cue, the thing that has us looking for reward. Then we have the craving, like the motivational factor that drives us. And the third step is the response. The response is the actual habit that you're doing, which can take the form of a thought or an action. It could be like, thinking about things you shouldn't be thinking about or things that are stressing you out, the whole anxiety thing. It's almost becoming a habit now for us to have these anxious feelings every time the news comes on. It's almost becoming like triggers and habits. So whether a response occurs depends on how motivated you are and how much friction is associated with the behavior. And I talked a little bit about friction and friction building in a couple podcasts back on behavior and habits. You'll see that. Just look for the keyword habits. If a particular action basically requires more physical or mental effort that you're willing to expend, you basically won't do it. So the key to um, developing better habits, I explained, is to have less friction, to make it super easy to do them. And I gave you all these tips and advices on how you could do that. But I'm not. that's not the focus of today. I just want to focus on the actual process you're going through. As you're, and I just want you to start noticing these because then we have to now just change parts of them in order to change our habit in Ramadan. And when I help you to write those goals, like I said, if you do join the course, I'm going to go through it step and you're going to notice how we're going to tweak those and fix these patterns in that way. Okay, so basically um, your response also depends on your ability. So it sounds simple, but a habit can only occur if you're capable of doing it, right? If you want to dunk a basketball, but you can't jump high enough to reach the basket, well, that's too bad, right? So you have to kind of also be able to, to accomplish the thing that you're trying to accomplish. And lastly, there's the reward. So you said the cue, the craving, the response, and the reward. So four is the reward, and rewards are the end goal of every habit, and the cue is all about noticing the reward. The craving is about wanting the reward. The response is about obtaining or getting the reward. And then we chase these rewards because they serve two main purposes. They satisfy us and they teach us. Now, the first purpose of reward is basically just to satisfy our craving uh, because rewards bring us benefit, right? Food, water, uh, weight loss, whatever it is that you're focusing on, dating, getting a spouse, these are different things that we're doing. And the rewards also teach us that actions are worth remembering in the future so we can get more rewards. Now I'm going to go over a couple um, habits that you might be having now and I'll walk you right through what it looks like as the cue craving, response, and reward in those areas. So let me give you a couple examples to drive the point home. And then I'm going to end with the four laws of behavior change. Okay, so let me give you a cue. Number one, your phone buzzes when you're, you get a text message. Number two, 
the craving is you want to learn what's in the message. That's the craving or the motivation that's going to get you to go to the phone or, or to start putting in your password. And three, the response is that you're going to grab your phone, read the text. And the reward that you're going to get out of that is this, that you satisfy the craving of what is inside the message by grabbing your phone. Every time you grab your phone, it gets associated with your phone buzzing. So the buzzing, the vibrating, the pinging is the thing that is kind of the the um, the cue and the craving is to see what it has for you in store. And believe me, the people who make these smart devices are very aware of this psychological process. Very aware, and they do it on purpose. The likes, um, the all those things, the comments, you know, the hearts, all this stuff is very much um, associated with this process. Okay, let's do another one about waking up. So the cue here is you wake up. The craving is you want to feel awake when you know you're tired. So the response is going to be you're going to drink some coffee. And the reward you feel like you're going to get out of it is you're going to satisfy the craving to be alert. You want it to be awake or alert or just to feel better. And the coffee is going to do that. So the coffee is automatically in your body and in your unconscious psyche going to be related to waking up. Coffee equals waking up. And yes, that's something we're taught, but I'm talking about this process in itself. That's where the the trigger is. And um, let's do one more. So let's do like if you are, oh, having a problem. You're having a problem on a project you're working on. You're having a problem in your relationship. You're having a problem, something, something, any kind of a problem. The cue here is that you're having a problem. The craving is you don't want to feel stuck anymore in whatever situation you're in. You need relief from that feeling of frustration, right? So the response is going to be pull out your phone and go on Google or YouTube and search for help or an answer. And that's what people typically do. And the reward of that is going to be you satisfy the craving of feeling relieved. You don't want to feel so stressed out anymore or stuck. And checking social media becomes associated with feeling stalled in your life. Every time you're stalled, social media is the cure. And that's like this unconscious thing that we've we're starting to put in our brain unconsciously because we're doing every day the same actions over and over and over. And so I mentioned that habits are just repeated actions that are becoming automatic or unconscious. So every time you grab your phone, you're digging that trench, you're digging that trench and telling your body that this is associated with this, this is associated with this. And so no wonder, guys, why we're addicted to these things and we can't get out of them. And yes, I know social media will be a big one for people to get over in Ramadan. Okay, so let's just end with the four laws of behavior change. So basically, um, this is something, like I said, that was, um, I don't know if it was completely coined by James Clear, but this is something that he definitely spoke about and basically providing a set of rules for creating good habits and breaking bad ones. And I'm just going to basically tell you, in order to create a good habit, what the four laws are. And then to do the opposite, you're going to invert the law. You're going to do the inversion of the law. And don't worry about all these fancy terms, guys. I'll just give you basically four questions at the end that you could use to help you to change behavior. But I do want to give you this so you can understand the logic behind it. So the first law is the cue. We already went through these, right? The second one is the craving, response, and reward. But but we mentioned that these are all basically going to help us to build or break habits. So we're just calling them the four laws of behavior change. But I've already explained the four laws to you the whole time. Cue, craving, response. All right. So basically the cue is in order to get a good habit, you have to make it obvious. You have to make the cue 
obvious. In order to create a good habit, you also have to make the craving or the motivation attractive. And three, you have to make the response super easy to do or you're not going to do it. You're going to be like lazy or you're like, it's too hard. And then number four, you have to have the reward be satisfying enough that you're going to want to follow through. And again, that's what I'm telling you. Some of these have been embedded into my course. This is not what I'm using in my course per se, but I'm just saying that same logic is used in some of the approach that I have. So you're going to find that it's so much easier because things are easy, satisfying, attractive, and obvious. And Now, what if you want to break a bad habit? That's if you want to make a good habit. If you want to break a bad habit, you're going to do the opposite. You're going to try to make that bad thing in your life be, number one, the cue is going to be invisible. If you want to break a bad habit, you need to try to make the craving unattractive because in creating a good habit, you want to make the the craving attractive. So here we're going to make it unattractive. We're going to try to make the response to do this bad thing so difficult, and we're going to try to make it unsatisfying. So that is actually the key in the science to creating good habits and breaking bad ones. And it sounds easier than it actually is, I know, but it actually, to break them, you have to kind of undo things over and over, the same things that you initially did to get yourself trained in those things. So that's why it takes us a bit of time. It takes a bit of patience. The average person doesn't want to wait, right? So let me just give you these four questions to ask yourself anytime you want to change your behavior. These are the ones I told you. I'm going to break it down super easy. And I'll give you a quick summary of what we talked about. And then again, try to use this time between now and Ramadan to practice noticing these things and focusing on your habits and change. Okay. So whenever you want to change your behavior, you can simply ask yourself these four questions. One, how can I make it obvious? How can I make it attractive? How can I make it easy? And how can I make it satisfying? Because if it's all those things, it is the perfect formula to change your behavior, right? Especially in a good way to create a good habit. Um, so that's the summary that we talked about. We talked about how a habit is basically a behavior that just gets repeated so many times that it becomes unconscious or automatic. And the fact that um, a habit can basically break down into these four parts, which is the cue, the craving, the response, and the reward. And lastly, you talked about how the four laws of behavior change are a simple set of rules we can use to build better habits. Habits in a way where we make them more obvious, more attractive, easily done, and easily, excuse me, and very satisfying. So I hope that was really helpful, guys, in just understanding why you do things and the formula that you basically need to inject into your life in order to see change. And if you haven't been doing that, you haven't been making the things that you want to do obvious and easy and attractive and all these things, that could be why you're stuck. Glad we got to be together. Don't forget to keep looking as the week goes on for what habits you're doing and ask yourself those four simple questions every time you want to think about making a good habit. How can I make it obvious? How can I make it attractive? How can I make it easy? And how can I make it satisfying? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for you to see the the good in yourself and to see some good things that you can do even better. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect you and keep you and your family safe in these trying times. And I will see you guys in the next podcast. Jazakum Allahu khairan. Assalamu alaikum. Rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.